Hi folks, FPL General here recording a new episode of my 59th Minute FPL podcast. I'm recording on Tuesday the 24th of September. Game week 6 is behind us, thankfully. It was an absolutely crazy game week which I'll get into shortly. And looking ahead now to game week 7 coming up at the weekend. Going to follow similar similar structure as usual. Yeah, no shout outs this week. Everybody avoided the dreaded 59th minute shout out the closest was marcus rashford he went down injured with 59 minutes on the clock 58 59 minutes and he knew he knew he was going to get a shout out on this podcast we he uh he sat down long enough to, to make it to the 60 minute mark so very close one for rashford looks like he's out now for uh, for a couple of weeks so he's going to be he's going to be safe from from a public shaman here on on the podcast Saturday, uh, I went out, uh, my wife took me out for dinner on Saturday, so as I often do, if, if we're out for the day, I like to switch off my phone and, you know, just give her my full attention rather than, you know, checking the scores every five or ten minutes. So I switched off the switched off the phone before the Spurs game, headed into Glasgow, had a lovely day, everything was going smoothly, you know, resisted the urge all day to switch on the phone, just had a, had a really nice day, nice food, couple of drinks, not worrying about scores, clean sheets, anything like that. And then at one point, I just went up to the bar to, to order more drinks, and there was a guy, there was a guy beside me, yeah, and he was on his phone, and he, he just, he put his phone sitting down on the bar. Now, this was about five or six o'clock in the evening, so the games were over, the three o'clock games were over. He put his phone sitting on the bar, and the Sky Sports... Super 6 was open, so for people who, do, who are not from the UK, the Sky Sports Super 6 is where you predict six scores um, on a Saturday, you know, if you get them all right, you want a million quid or whatever it is, so I, his his app was open and it flashed up, I just, on the corner of my eye, I could see Man City 8, Watford 0, and I'm thinking, right, that must be that must be just his prediction, you know, what what a crazy prediction to predict. Man City would win eight 0 You know, you 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 surely haven't won your your uh, your million quid this week. And once I seen that, I was like, Do you know what? Maybe they did win eight 0 So I had to check. Then, so I said, I said to my wife, she had her phone. I said, go check the Man City score for me. And she checked it, and she said eight 0 And I'm just my next question was right, who scored the goals? And she just listed them off, and I almost I almost started to cry. You know, eight 0 no Sterling involvement. So I knew right away. You know he didn't start, so you know she she named out the scorers. You know Bernardo Hattrick, De Bruyne, Aguero, uh, and then I just said, you know, just check, check, uh, check the uh, check the Sterling playing, and she checked the lineups, and she said no. So it was uh, it went from a, a fabulous day out in Glasgow to finding out that Sterling was benched and, and City won eight 0 Not just Sterling, I had Zinchenko as well, so he was benched, so missed out in the clean sheet there. So it was an absolute disaster uh, on Saturday, but. Thankfully, over the rest of the weekend, uh, I got a slice of luck, as many people did with Lundstrom, off the bench with a nice 12-pointer. Uh, obviously, De Bruyne did the business. I had Salah, vice-captain, so obviously, in hindsight, De Bruyne was the, the right guy to vice-captain, but I very rarely I very rarely do a, a captain and a vice-captain in the same game, just for that very small chance that you know something goes wrong and, and the game is called off. You know, a, An example, a couple of years ago, I think it was game week 38, the United game was called off, and then you're left without a captain. But again, it's such a tiny, tiny risk that maybe maybe I need to look at, you know, vice-captain in the same game, especially when it's Man City assets. So well done to anyone who vice-captained De Bruyne. 
Uh, nice 34-pointer there. Uh, double Liverpool defence came in for me this week. No clean sheet, thanks to N'Golo Kante channeling his inner Eden Hazard with an unbelievable goal. But at least Trent got on the score sheet and Robertson got an assist as well. So that really helped with my game week. Nick Pope did the business in goal. Um, overall, it was 67 points. So very happy with that in what was an absolutely crazy game week. You know, I needed, I needed all my substitutes. Uh, Greenwood didn't play. So I didn't get him in. Then Donker came off the bench with a nice own goal. So that just kind of summed up what kind of game week it was. Blanks from Lucas Dean. I think a lot of people are going to be considering selling him now. Even, you know, possibly myself as well, which I'll talk about a little bit later. Uh, Blanks from the Norwich guys. Cantwell and Pookie as well. Uh, And Ashley Barnes. Barnes has been disappointing. Brought Barnes in two weeks ago. Two blanks now after a, a blistering start to the season. So... Question marks over him as well. You know, do I be a little bit more patient with two decent fixtures coming up, or do I move him out uh, for someone like Abraham, which I'll talk about a little bit later as well? So, sixty-seven points uh, was a healthy green arrow. Took me from nine hundred and forty k overall to about five hundred and seventy-five k. So, you know, green arrow of about four hundred thousand places. You'll take that any given week, especially in a, in a in a crazy game week. So, hopefully, game week seven is a bit more. Bit calmer, more plain sailing, not as many you know benches and 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 not needing uh, not depend on the bench as much. I'll I'll update my watch list now. So players have added to it first this week. Lots of defenders this week, uh, which probably helps because I know a lot of people are probably moving away from from big defenders now. So a couple of cheaper options. The first one I've added is Rico at Bournemouth. So he's got back to back assists. He takes corners and he's only 4.1 million. Now, the worry here is, will he be first choice long term? He might not be, but even even still, I think he's a, he's a good enabler. You know, you, you're not really bringing him in to, to start him every week anyway. So if he enables a, a move, you know, this week, you know, I've got two free transfers this week and, and Rico is in my mind, you know, maybe downgrade someone like Zinchenko or Lucas Dean, um, get Rico and then, you know, I can get maybe the likes of Abraham and these guys. So, I think Rico is a, is a decent option. You know, even if he doesn't keep his place long term, he, he should get the odd game. And, and when he is on the pitch, there's always a chance of, of attacking returns because he does take those corners. Uh, the next next defender I've added this week is West Ham's Diop. Uh, FPL aside, every time I watch this guy, very, very impressed with him. He, he seems to get better and better. And I fully expect to see him at a... No disrespect to, to West Ham fans, but I expect to see him at a bigger club in the next year or two. Very, very good centre half. 4.5 million in FPL. West Ham have kept three clean sheets on the bounce now. I don't think West Ham fans would have even predicted that happening. So we've got to take notice. They're they're defending well. Um, and Diop is probably the safest bet there. You know, Ogbonna has been playing alongside him, who's not a great defender in my opinion so how you know he might not be nailed on long term there Balbuena uh, is on the bench as far as I know left back Cresswell Cresswell had a great game great free kick but Masuaku was suspended so you know there's probably going to be a better rotation there and, and right back Fredericks uh, Zabaleta is still kicking about as well so Diop if you're going for a West Ham defender I think you've got to go Diop uh, unless you want to you know spend the extra for Fabianski which is Probably not going to be that popular when we've got the likes of Nick Pope around and Matt Ryan. These guys are all performing quite well. So yeah, Diop is on the watch list. 
as is another 4.5 million defender, Chelsea's Tamori. I don't even know what this guy's first name is. I think it's a, I think it's a pretty, pretty long, a long name. So I won't even try to to find what it is and, and pronounce it on the podcast. But yeah, I've I've been dishing the Chelsea defence all season, and rightly so. You know they haven't kept a clean sheet yet, but it's the price tag, four point five million for Tamori and the fixtures. You know Chelsea, Chelsea have got Brighton at home, Southampton away, Newcastle home, Burnley and Watford away. So. Chelsea have as good a run as anyone over the next couple of weeks, which is, which is the big attraction here for the likes of of Tomori, uh, and it's just his price and the fact you know Chris Christensen went off injured at the weekend as well. Rudiger's had his issues. Zuma had a you know very poor start to the season, so it looks like it looks like Tomori is going to be starting for the next couple of weeks at least. So I think he's a very attractive option if you're downgrading in defence. You get Tomori in uh, for those nice fixtures and. If Chelsea were ever going to keep clean sheets, surely it's going to be in this run of, of easier fixtures. So I like Tomori. He's in my thoughts this week as well. Another defender, uh, 5.9 million, Benjamin Mendy. I've added him to the watch list. So I've got Sinchenko. I said all along, I won't worry about Sinchenko on it until I see Mendy on the pitch. I've seen Mendy on the pitch now, albeit only for... 45 minutes which tells me you know he's not ready yet to play to play 90 hopefully so I'm actually quite tempted to maybe hold on to Zinchenko for another week or two uh, and hopefully maybe get one or two more games out of him before I activate the wild card so I don't have a set date in mind for wild card but in the back of my mind you know I'm, I'm probably looking at the next international break so I've got probably two more game weeks and then I might end up activating the wild card so you know that's probably more reason to keep Sinchenko and hope for the best because it's just another two weeks and then you can, then I can deal with him on, on the wild card if I do play it during the break. So Mendy going to keep a close eye on him, see how many minutes he gets over the next you know couple of games. I'm recording on Tuesday morning. Man City are playing tonight in the cup, so my hope there is that Sinchenko doesn't play that game. Maybe Mendy or. Angelino plays left back tonight so that will hopefully mean that Zinchenko might come back in then for the Everton game at the weekend so I think if that happens if I think if Zinchenko sets out the the cup game I'll be more inclined to keep him then and hope for the best that he does get a start against Everton at the weekend the the last player I've added to the watch list this week it's not a defender it's West Ham midfielder 5.9 million Yarmolenko he scored two goals in his last three games. Uh, I've been impressed with West Ham this season, and, and I've been uh, impressed with Yarmolenko. You know, coming back from a very serious injury, uh, I think he spent about nine months out with it with a knee injury. You know, before that injury, he you know he's always been a great asset. Um, not, you know, before he came to the Premier League, he was a great asset. Uh, you know, across I remember having him in, in different fantasy formats, and I you know have fond memories. He, he's always been a, a pretty good fantasy asset. What I like most about Yarmolenko is. He's very greedy, and that's what you that's what you like in, in an FPL player. A bit like Son, um, there's a couple of players who are just just greedy, and you know they they just take a shot on you know whenever they get the chance. John McGinn is another one. Um, you know you like players. You know, you know when they get the ball, the first thing on their mind is just shoot. You know they don't really care about who's around them. Um, that was a great goal. Yarmolenko scored against my United boys at the weekend. So yeah, he's you know he doesn't play ninety minutes every week, but that's probably you know he's come he has come back from a serious injury, so they're probably been careful with him. Um, so I'm, I'm, he's on the watch list. I'm going to keep an eye on him next week or two, and and again, 
you know, when it comes to wildcard time, if he keeps up the form, if he can get start getting closer to ninety minutes every week, I think he could be a, I think he could be a really good option this season, at a at a very friendly price. A couple of players I've removed from the watch list this week. Most of these are self-explanatory. Uh, Ryan Fraser on the bench last two weeks. I think there might have been a slight injury reason for that, uh, at least last week. So last two game weeks, he's played 33 minutes and 27 minutes. So I've got no interest in Fraser. You know, Solanke's been playing. Uh, Bournemouth have been playing well without Fraser. So it's a slight worry there. Uh, Gineppo gone from the watch list, injured. Dan James gone from the watch list because he plays for Man United and we are awful. I don't want to invest in any Man United players at the minute. Um, and Rashford as well gone. Obviously he went down injured and it looks like he's going to be out for a couple of weeks. What, one thing about the Rashford injury, what what, what it could mean is uh, it could mean more minutes for Mason Greenwood. Uh, Greenwood had tonsillitis going into game week six. And you know he scored in the Europa League the week before, so I think if he wasn't if he wasn't sick uh, for that game, he might have actually got a start uh, in that in that uh, West Ham game. So hopefully he can recover for game week seven uh, for the Arsenal game. And, and I think if he does recover, and if Rashford is out, which it looks like he will be, uh, hopefully Greenwood can get a start there. Um, I think if if Solskjaer gives any indications on Friday that Rashford will start. I think I'll be very tempted to start him myself. You know, I was planning to get rid of him this week uh, to get Abraham. You know, my, my initial plans were Robertson and Greenwood out this week for Abraham and maybe someone like Rico. But, you know, given how, uh, you know, every week that passes, I find it harder and harder to sell Robertson. And they've got Sheffield United at the weekend. Um, so I'm probably going to end up keeping Robertson now just because it's probably, it makes more sense to sell Zinchenko or Lucas Dean given Everton's form. Uh, and, and Everton play Man City this week as well. So, um, I because of that Rashford injury, I might be more likely to keep Greenwood. Uh, and as I say, if, if it looks like he might start against Arsenal, I'd be very tempted to start him because we know what Arsenal are like defensively. Uh, and Greenwood, Greenwood's a very good finisher. So hopefully, hopefully he can get some game time, uh, and, and it would be pretty sweet to get some FPL points from him over the next couple of weeks as well. So I'm gonna watch that. Uh, press conference very closely on Friday from, from Solskjaer on that. Going to tackle some questions now before I, I come to you know captaincy and transfers in more detail. Uh, the first question came in from Horse. Always good. Uh, always good when the, when the horses are asking FPL questions. It's a, it's a game for everyone. Uh, Horse asks, Chelsea triple up for their great fixtures. Tamori, Mount and Ta- and Tammy look great. So yeah, I think a lot of people are going to consider this Chelsea triple up. A lot of people already have, you know, Mount. A lot of people probably already have Mount and Abraham. So it's, um, at the moment, I don't have any Chelsea players and, and they're the team I'm targeting this week uh, with my transfers. You know, I like, I want Abraham. I would love to get Mount as well. And if I am downgrading in defence, Tamori is one of the guys I'm thinking about. So do I like the Chelsea triple up for the next couple of weeks? Yes, I do. As I mentioned, they play Brighton, Southampton, Newcastle next three. Very good fixtures. Uh, I particularly like the attackers. So I'm going to have at least one of Mount or Abraham by the time the weekend rolls around. Uh, I I may even end up getting both. A question came in from... Peter Alexi, Peter asks, Bobby Firmino, can he be our Liverpool attacker? So I guess this question means, you know, can you have Firmino and not, you know, Salah and Mane? Can can you just go with Firmino as 
you know, uh, your Liverpool attacking coverage. So, I think going going on the first couple of weeks, you know, I've ignored Firmino probably for about a year and a half now, which you know probably a lot of FPL managers have done because because we have Salah and Manny, so we don't really need to look at Firmino. But with each with each week that passes this season, you know, it's getting harder and harder to ignore Firmino. He's in the form of his life. Uh, you know, he's he's taking more shots than he usually does. You know, he's obviously always creates chances, getting assists, getting goals. Uh, what is he? I think he's still nine point five million. I don't think he's changed in price at all, uh, as far as I know, which is which is odd because he's been he's been excellent week after week. So nine point five is uh, it's not an easy price to get to, but can can you go for him over someone like you know Manny or Salah? I think you can at the moment on on current form. I think if I was on a wild card this week, I would probably be heavily considering, you know, Firmino, maybe Firmino, uh, Trent, and maybe still Robertson, maybe that triple up uh, and going without Manny or Salah. And and what what I would be probably thinking there is maybe, you know, if, rather than having Manny or Salah, you could have someone like Son. So probably a, a midfield of De Bruyne, Sterling, Son, and then maybe Firmino up front. I think it's I think it's an option. I think if it came to the crunch though, when I and I was wildcarding this week, I would find it very hard to go without one of Manny or Salah. I do think long term they will still prove to be the better options, um, but there's no denying Firmino's offering great value, uh, and and he's definitely one to consider if you can get to him. Uh, that's the hard thing, you know. You're probably going to need two or three transfers in most cases to to get to Firmino if you're if you're like me and you've got uh, you know a cheap strike force, but definitely one. He's on my watch list, and definitely when it comes to wildcard, I'll be you know I'll be heavily considering Firmino more than I have done over the last couple of seasons. A question from Christian Bradle. Uh, Christian asks, "Is it crazy to be looking at FPL legend Marcus Alonso with Emerson out injured, and Canty back to help with the hunt for clean sheets?" So, I think Canty back is huge for Chelsea. He was possibly man of the match in my opinion in that Liverpool game despite being on the losing side he just covers so much ground you know he turns up everywhere you, you, when you watch Chelsea you think there's there's two Canties on the pitch because he's just everywhere um, so I think that will definitely help them with the defensive issues they've been having I, I thought Tomori as well actually you know I hadn't really that was the first time I'd really seen Tomori play for 90 minutes uh, and for a young guy I thought he was absolutely excellent you know he kept he kept Salah and, and Manny very quiet in that game um, so Tomori, I think, is a very good defender, better than Zuma, from what I can see, which wouldn't be hard, to be fair. Um, so I do think, as bad as Chelsea have been defensively uh, this season, surely before long, you know, surely they have to keep clean sheets soon, and I think Kanté coming back in will be a will be a big help to that. So the question here is about Marcus Alonso, the FPL legend. So Emerson came back at the weekend, but went off injured after about fifteen minutes. So obviously he came back too early. He's aggravated the hamstring, so good chance he'll be out again now for another couple of weeks, which brings Alonso into the picture. Alonso has dropped, I think he's dropped to 6.2 million from, I presume he was 6.5 at the start of the season. Um, and I mean, we'd all, we would all love to have Alonso for the next couple of weeks, but obviously his price is tricky. Um, I have added him to the watch list this week. Uh, I've actually, I actually only added him to the watch list when I, when I got Christian's question in because I kind of forgotten about him and I hadn't really thought about him and and you know that that Emerson injury especially for someone like me who still has a wild card uh, if I'm going to wild card soon 
you know, it would be pretty fun to get Alonso in for these nice fixtures and hope that he can, you know, pull out a few 15-pointers. So, I don't think it's crazy to consider him, uh, especially if you've got a wild card left that you can, you know, get rid of him again when, when Emerson comes back. We know what we know what Alonso can do. You know, he's, he's going to spend more time attacking than he does defending. You know, Alonso in the team is probably probably not a good thing for Chelsea clean sheets. Emerson's probably a better defender, but you know, there's always attacking returns there for Alonso. I think he's got a couple already this season. So yeah, um, yeah, why not? You know, if it's it's a, it's a fun pick. Um, again, probably easier if you, if you do have a wild card left. It's got me. I'm just I'm just sitting here thinking now. I want Alonso. I want to get Alonso this week. So I'm gonna I'm definitely gonna think about him for the next couple of days. Uh, next question coming from Flapjack. Uh, Flapjack asks, "Do you think it's viable to just go the whole season without premium strikers? It stops a lot of wasted transfers, in my opinion, as these these seem to be the areas where people bounce around, going from Kane to Aubameyang back to Kane, for example." So yeah, Flapjack's asking here, is it viable to go the whole season without a premium striker? I think absolutely it is. I think it's something, you know, I haven't had a premium striker all season. I don't have any plans to get them in at the moment. So there's a good chance I may end up going the whole season without them, without, you know, planning it. You know, I haven't gone into the season saying, I'm not getting a premium striker this season because, you know, you've got to be flexible. But at the moment, you know, there's just so many options, so many cheap options up front. And, you know, you've you've basically got premium strikers playing as midfielders. You know, you've got Salah, Mane, Sterling. You know, Son's coming into picture now as well, who's effectively a striker. So, you know, you, I, don't, I really don't think you need premium strikers when you've got all those heavy hitters in midfield. So, is it viable to go the whole season without the likes of Aubameyang, Kane, and Aguero? I think it is. You know, there's so many different ways to play this game. You know, you're going to have you're going to have managers this season who have Aguero, Aubameyang, Kane at various times. And you're going to have managers who don't get any of them at any point, who will both finish top 10k. You know, there's no, there's, there's so many different ways to, to play this game. So if you, if going without premium strikers, if you feel it's something that will work for you, then by all means, by all means, go for it. A question from Vasa Gold. Vasa asks, how do you solve a problem like Lucas Dean? Yeah, so I went into the season with. A mindset of Trent Alexander-Arnold and Lucas Dean being my two defenders who hopefully I will keep all season set and forget two spots in my team that I don't even need to worry about. Now, Trent is still in that camp. I hope I will own him for 38 games because he's just a, he's just an FPL legend. Cracking free kick at the weekend. But Lucas Dean, on the other hand, I can understand. I can understand why people are getting very impatient with him. So it's, I think Everton have conceded seven goals in the last three games. So straight away, clean sheets are a big issue. Clean sheets are first and foremost what we look for in a in a defender in FPL. The other issue with um, Lucas Dean as well is at one point at the weekend, I, I on match of the day, I, we got home, we got home from Glasgow about nine o'clock. So I spent about an hour and a half uh, sobering up so I could watch match of the day. Um, so I wasn't 100% you know, alert during it. But one thing I do remember is looking at match today at one point and seeing Cheng Tosin up front. And I thought, right, either the beer hasn't worn off yet or Cheng Tosin is actually on the pitch. And he was on the pitch. I had to go and check it the next day. Uh, Calvert-Lewin is still getting game time. 
And I just feel that these strikers are not up to much. Even Keane, the new guy, you know, has he scored yet? Maybe he scored one at most. You know, Everton are really struggling to score goals, which is a big issue for uh, assist potential for Lucas Dean as well. So it's it's all it's all well and good if Lucas Dean is creating, you know, as many chances as any other defender in the league. But if he's got Calvert Lewin and Cheng Tosin up front, you know, they're not going to convert. You know, the chances as as you know, players and other teams would have. You know, if you if you had Lucas Dean playing for another side, maybe if he had Allaire or Wilson or these guys to target in the box, you know, I think he would get a lot more assists. So there's two issues. There's no clean sheets coming the last couple of weeks, and I'm worried about uh, Everton's attack as well. So all signs point to selling him because he's expensive, and obviously he plays Man City next as well. So in my situation, you know, I, I went into the season viewing him as a season keeper. Um, but I am actually considering selling them this week uh, and again it's probably the fact that the wild cards in the back of my mind makes it easier to do so because my thinking would be uh, Lucas Dean plays Man City next I don't want to start him in that game uh, it's you know good chance of minus points there you know look at look at look at Watford last weekend um, he plays Burnley then so and uh, you know Man City next and then Burnley away which is not an easy fixture as well for Lucas Dean and then, and then I'll possibly wildcard you know international break so really I would only be losing them for two weeks because I could always get them back then if I wanted to uh in game week nine you know if I do wildcard at that point so it's 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 easier for me I think to sell them when I can get them back quite easily on a, on a wildcard so yeah I can completely understand why people are selling them uh, and I think it's justified you know I, selling a player like Dina can always can always backfire because we know it you know he creates a lot of chances you know he can get goals as well and you know it would be typical FPL this week if, if everyone sells him and then he goes and goes and scores against Man City sticks a free kick in the top corner or something like that so uh, but it's, it's it's very very hard to see a clean sheet this weekend I'd say it's close to uh, close to a 0% chance in my book of, of an Everton clean sheet against Man City so for that reason yeah I think it's. I don't think you have to be fearful selling Lucas Dean this week, and I may end up doing it myself. Uh, last question I'll tackle this week is from Dan Brown. Uh, not sure now if this is the the magician guy. Maybe he plays FPL. Um, don't think he'd be asking me questions though if he was playing FPL. Dan Brown. Maybe maybe that's Darren Brown. I'm getting my getting my names next up here. Uh, Dan Brown asks, should we keep the faith with Sterling? even though the switch to Aguero is very tempting. So yeah, I'm on Sterling. Very frustrating. Two blanks and the benching. Uh, and meanwhile, you know, Aguero's been doing damage. But, you know, I couldn't. one thing I couldn't believe at the weekend was when I checked that score, 8-0. Aguero only scored one goal, one assist. You know, anyone who captained Aguero, triple captained Aguero, can feel very, very unlucky by that. You know, you, you expect, if, if City score eight goals... You expect Aguero to have at least three of them, if not four or five. Um, am I tempted to make the switch to Aguero? At the moment, I'm not. If I was on a wild card this week, I think I would be. Uh, I don't know what way I would go between Sterling and Aguero if I was on a wild card this week. I think that's a really, really tricky call. But for me, um, I'm going to stick the faith with Sterling. You know, He's had his rest now, so hopefully that's a good thing. And we won't see him get rested for another while. Hopefully... Hopefully for me, as a non-Aguero owner, that maybe it'll be his turn to get a rest soon. Um, and just just going back, I just wanted to remind myself, you know, I had a look back, just, you know, Sterling versus Aguero over the last two seasons. Over the last two seasons, in the last two seasons, Sterling scored 234 and 229 FPL points to Aguero's 
201 and 169. So, you know, history tells us that long term, Sterling will still be a very, very, very good FPL asset. Um, I think Selnam is pretty dangerous. You know, Selnam maybe for, if it's a switch to Aguero, maybe not so much. But I think after a rest, uh, and, you know, the way Everton have been defending recently, I think selling Sterling is, is quite dangerous this week. Um, and I, I'm, I'm a glutton for punishment. I've captained Sterling three weeks in a row now. So blank, blank, benching. And I may end up captaining him again, fourth week in a row. Uh, it wasn't the third time lucky. Maybe it'll be. Maybe it'll be fourth time lucky. I'm just going to keep doing it until. Uh, what is it? What is it they say? Insanity. Insanity is. What is it? The definition is is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. Something like that. So maybe maybe I'm being being stupid here. But yeah, I, st- I, st- I still think Sterling is a, is a very good asset. So I wouldn't be. I probably wouldn't be making the switch. The the hokey cokey on on free transfers or minus fours or anything like that. But. I think on wildcard, if anyone who's on a wildcard this week, uh, you know, it's, I think it's perfectly justifiable to go for Aguero over Sterling uh, if you're not going for both. Thanks for the questions as always, folks. Uh, going to talk now about a little bit about captaincy and transfers for game week seven. So I was, as I, as you know, most weeks I put a, I put a Twitter poll out for this podcast for captaincy options. You know, you can only, you can only add four options on Twitter, which is pretty annoying. Um, and I, I started I started typing it this morning, and then I just thought, you know what, this is not a good week to do a, a poll on Twitter because there's so many options, and it's it's not it's not it wouldn't be a true poll with just four four options. You know, there's Salah, there's Manny, Tammy, Sterling, Aguero, Son, Kane. There's loads and loads of options. There's more as well. You know, Aubameyang's in great form. So I didn't bother with it with a poll this week. So what I did was I just had a quick look on the, the Fantasy Football Scout uh, website for for their poll just to see how that one was going. There was just over a thousand votes on that when I checked uh, this morning. Salah Salah was sitting on the top with twenty seven percent. Abraham was second, which surprised me a little bit with thirteen percent. Sterling also thirteen. Son eight percent. Aguero seven percent. Key and six percent. So, as you can see, you know there's going to be a big spread of captaincy this week. Um, you know, maybe, maybe I, I know a lot of people when there's a big spread of captaincy options, that's the week when some people like to maybe try something different, and uh, maybe it's less risky to do so. Um, for me, you know, I went into the season with Sterling and Salah with the idea of just captaining one or the other every week. Um, Obviously, De Bruyne is in the, in the picture now. We, we can't ignore him anymore for the captaincy. Uh, I thought, you know, I'm surprised he doesn't have a, have a higher percentage there on the on the poll. It must have been less than 5% after his, you know, big one last week. So, it's really tricky. And, you know, I, I really haven't given this captaincy much thought yet. I think in my in my bus team, it is, uh, it's on Sterling, as I mentioned. Uh, I'll give it more thought later in the week. Salah away to Sheffield United could wrestle it off Sterling. If I bring in Tammy Abraham, I think I would be quite tempted to to go for him at home to Brighton, given the form he's been in. Um, I think Spurs, though. I think Spurs are possibly the best option for captaincy this week. They're at home to Southampton. Um, Southampton have a big game midweek, a cup game against Portsmouth, and it's it's probably bigger than most other teams because it's a big rivalry. So you know Southampton could end up playing a pretty strong team in that game. I think the fans will be desperate to, for them to win that one. So it'll be interesting to see what kind of lineup Hasenhutl does put out in that cup game. I'm expecting a strong one. 
Um, so that could play into you know Spurs' hands at, at the weekend. So if you've got Kane, I think he's a very good option against Southampton this weekend. But I would love, I would love to have Youngman's son this week. I think if I had Son this week, I would probably captain him. Um, and that that moves me on to my transfers. Part of me wants to go crazy. Um, with in the back of my mind, with you know a wild card coming up soon, part of me wants to go crazy and get Son this week. Uh, and capping them against Southampton, but that would mean losing probably Salah or Sterling, which it's a scary thought. But it probably would only be for two weeks. And I just love Son. You know, it's I would just love to have him for that Southampton game at home. I think he'll do really well. Uh, it could be a bit of a differential captain. To you know, if if Son was to bang as a captain this week, you know he would he would uh, he would fire me up the ranking. So it's it's in the back of my mind. Probably, probably unlikely to do it out of fear, out of anything else of selling Sterling or Salah. But I, w- I will, I will mull that over for the next couple of days. Um, I've got two free transfers, and there's about fifteen different routes I could go this week. I'm really undecided. Uh, I could sell Lucas Dean. Uh, I could sell Zinchenko. Uh, I want to get, I want to get Chelsea assets. So at least one of Abraham or Mason Mount. If I get Tammy Abraham, I have to decide whether I sell Greenwood or Ashley Barnes. You know, do I give Ashley Barnes a little bit more time? Um, Barnes has got Aston Villa and Everton next, so decent fixtures. You know, that's one of those big questions you have in FPL quite often. Um, You know, how much time do you give a player to deliver? I've had Barnes for two weeks now. I brought him in you know, with four week, four game weeks in mind. So should I stick to my guns and be patient with them? Or do I much prefer Tammy Abraham for the next two weeks? So it's it's a tough one there, uh, Barnes versus Tammy versus Greenwood. Um, obviously, if, if I if I want to get these guys in, I'm going to have to do, make downgrades. So it's probably going to be defensive downgrades. Sinchenko or Lucas Dean down to maybe as far down as Rico. If I'm changing formation of 3-4-3 or someone like Tamori... Aurier, these guys, Tyrone Mings, I'm trying to think, Soyunku, there's lots of options around that price price bracket. So I'm recording on Tuesday and I'm absolutely clueless as to what I'm going to do uh, with my transfers this week. Uh, captaincy, I'm not decided either. Um, every week I do record another podcast, a Patreon podcast later in the week once I do know what I'm doing. Um, so this week that podcast is going to be on Thursday. Um, so if you're interested in finding out what my final plans will be, check out patreon.com forward slash FPL general for that podcast. I'll be doing another podcast today as well for, for patrons, which is an iTest podcast where I talk about the games I watched at the weekend, which was Sunday, uh, West Ham, Man United and the Chelsea-Liverpool games. So I'll be doing a podcast on those two games later today as well. Um... I'm actually I'm actually heading to Norway this weekend. Uh, my wife my wife is a teacher and she's got she's got Friday and Monday off, so we always we always try and make the most of of her uh, holiday. So we, we like we like going places we've never been before, tick another country off the list. So we're heading to heading to Bergen in Norway uh, at the weekend. So I'll be I'll be watching my FPL team in a bar somewhere in Bergen so if you're any of my followers I know I've got a lot of Norwegian followers they are the they are the kings of FPL so if any of you are going to be in Bergen on Saturday um send me a, send me a message on Twitter and, and I'll let you know where, where me and the wife are watching watching the games on Saturday and you can join us for for a beer um I've been told the beers are very expensive so I, I, I probably won't be having having too many of them while I'm there um 
yeah, so I'm, I'm, I, you know, I'm not sure how much time. I probably won't be online much Friday until Monday. So I may end up making my transfers early, uh, possibly on Thursday, which is always a bit of a risk. But you know, real life gets in the way sometimes, and I, I might just have to act early this week. It's another, you know, I was slightly tempted to wildcard this week, but the fact that I've got this Norway trip, um. It's probably a bad week to wildcard because you know Friday Saturday I'm probably not going to get online much, and if I was online she'd be she'd be moaning at me you know you know being on holiday so I'm, I'm gonna I'm probably just gonna leave leave the work phone at home and stuff like that when when I go away on Friday, uh, and just enjoy the trip. So yeah, what else am I left to mention? Uh, recorded a, a very another very good fantasy weekly podcast uh, last night with James Holly and FPL Dave that will be available on Wednesday. Uh, 2 p.m. Be sure to check that one out. Lots of good FPL content in there. Dave is on his wildcard, so it was a, it was an interesting discussion. Um, you know, helping him shape his wildcard for the weekend. As always, I'll be taking part in the Grand Weekend Tournament on Fantasy Bet. There's a two and a half thousand pound prize pool, five fifty to enter. It's eighteen plus and begambleaware.org. I'll definitely be captaining Hyungman Son in that one this week, I think, whether I bring him into my FPL team or not. Um, good luck in Game Week 7, folks, and I'll be back next Tuesday with another episode. Cheerio!